Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Podcast, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself, back at you with another episode, episode 38. And I want to thank you for coming through yet again, making this a part of your daily routine, your evening routine. However you incorporate this podcast into your life, thank you. Because all we're asking is, what is life? Right? What is life? Life is art. Art imitates life. So I want to thank you for coming to express life with me, learn life with me, and grow with me. Because without you, this podcast would not exist. I wouldn't even be making episodes right now. I'd probably be twiddling my thumbs or something like that. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. However you support this podcast, you're the GOAT. Yes, 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 of course, Pal Pullen is in attendance. I know y'all asking, I know y'all wondering where Pal at. He is in attendance. This man, I learned he when he watches TV, he likes, he actually pays attention when it's in black and white. So he's been watching a lot of black and white shows with me, and that's... That's pretty interesting. That's pretty interesting. Right? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I know some of y'all probably at home probably like, well, duh, dogs can only see in black and white. Well, <laughs> obviously, but they can see some other colors too. But, I mean, it's cool that a dog is peeping game, raising his awareness. <laughs> But without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into it. What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about life, of course. I mean, this will be talking about in every episode, but we're really going to get very basic, very foundational, very concrete with this episode because life really is art. Life really is art. It's beautiful. I mean, think about a play. Think about the Nutcracker. Think about Romeo and Juliet. Think about any of the Medea the Medea movies that you've seen as plays. And when we think about plays, we also think of sports. We think of some of Kobe's greatest plays, LeBron's greatest plays, Jordan's greatest plays. We remember the play when Lawrence Taylor broke Choke Theismann's leg. That's the day that football changed forever. We remember Jordan hitting the shot. We remember Vince Young 
<laughs> beating USC in 05. Galloping into the end zone. 10 seconds left. We remember Michael Huff coming in on that fourth and one. Plays. Think about the ballet. Think about the recitals that you go to. The orchestras. The operas. Think about how much you played as a kid. And think about the memories that you replay in your head over and over and over again. Life is a play, ladies and gentlemen. Life is a play. Growing up as kids, we had playgrounds. My mom used to not want wanting us to be inside all day. Had us going outside to play all day. Go find something. Go play something. Play something. Do you know how creative you have to be to create something out of nothing? To create a game? To create a scene of events that's going to play out? All day because you can't go back inside or you're going to get yelled at. And then if you go back inside after you start having fun outside playing the game that you created, you're going to get this. <laughs> it's either inside or outside. Choose one. You come inside again, you're staying inside. <laughs> they would choose it for you. <laughs> you had no choice. But how it's worded, how they structured that, how that whole scene played out, it was like, dang, I got a choice. And then boom, choice made for you. <laughs> and your ass back outside, having to drink water from the water hose. Yo, that's how kids was built back then. But as you know, times change. <laughs> that was so cool. That was cool because growing up like that, you really got to tap into your creative side. Think of all the wild shit that you got into as a kid. All of the fun, the scary, the dangerous things that you just didn't even see as dangerous at the time. You were just exploring. I remember, because growing up, I was a big wrestling fan. Big wrestling fan. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Still my favorite. But I love the Hardy Boys, too. Jeff Hardy, specifically. So I remember one time we were wrestling on my friend's trampoline. It was me and my older brother. Man, he caught me. <laughs> I tried to I hit him with a kick. He caught my, he caught my foot. And... <laughs> Next thing you know, I jump off. So he, I try to kick him with my left foot, right? Tried the little roundhouse kick. He caught that shit. And then I was like, oh, I'm bouncing, I'm bouncing. Then I jump off my right foot. 
extend my whole right leg. I'm doing like a crane style kick in the air. My foot clocks that nigga right in the jaw. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing I know, he is on the ground. Not on the ground, but you know, like he is, he's unconscious. (laughs) I'm like, AJ. AJ, wake up. He did not move. I sat there. I sat there. <laughs> I just went home. I watched home. And he didn't come home till like five hours later. This happened at 12 o'clock. This happened at noon when I clocked him. And he didn't come home till like five, six o'clock. That was crazy. I'm like, you've been out this whole time? <laughs> you've been sleeping this whole time? He was like, yeah, I just got up. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I apologize, of course, but that's crazy. I remember one time I saved his life, though. He was choking on two nickels and a penny. I did the Heimlich maneuver. Now, both of these, both of these maneuvers that I pulled, I got off TV, off of wrestling, and then off of seeing the Heimlich maneuver done. So I was able to, you know, keep his life going. That shit was cool. I didn't just remember that until now. That's awesome. But yeah. Shout out to him. We laughed about that last Thanksgiving. That was that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was cool. But when it came to wrestling, there was always certain moves I wanted to play out. Like, I wanted to hit Stone Cold Stunners on people. I wanted to do, you know, the Swanton bomb and shit. And then when I would watch football, I wanted to be like Ricky Williams. That man was powerful, fast, and was still shifty nifty. Reggie Bush was so ah, ah, ah. LT was so smooth with it. LT was so smooth with it. So smooth with it. So I would try to emulate that and incorporate some of their style into my game. Why? Because art imitates life. But there wouldn't be life without the play. There would not be life without the play. And for order for things to play out, it takes creation. Because we can play and build things in our mind all day. But it's until we give them a vehicle, give it a vehicle. It's just daydreaming. It's la la land. That's why playing outside is so foundational and so important for children. They get to tap in and really see how it is to create. And they're going to remember that. Like, think of the people who created Duck, Duck, Goose. <laughs> I think of all the little nursery rhymes that um, people say. And the patty cakes and the four square and <laughs> wall ball. And all these cool little games. Like, that shit is awesome. And if you weren't outside acting a fool and you were inside, think about all those books that you read. Books are amazing because you are stepping into the world of that author. 
Like that author penned those words so well, staged those words so well, that the human mind is able to create these structures, see these figures play out as they read along. That's amazing. That's beautiful. And music, often these symphonies that we listen to, it's a play. The artist is playing the the instrument, which is creating such a beautiful ruckus. Such a splendid noise. It's not appreciated by everyone, but nothing's appreciated by everyone. Now, I remember one year when I went to a play, I was in Atlanta, and this was when my dad got remarried. So I have Australian and English relatives. And um, my step-grandma, she was really into that stuff, like plays. So she wanted to see an American play. So we went to go see The Lion, The Witch, and the wardrobe. And I remember um, they had me dressing. If you know me, I don't like to wear like button down shirts tucked in. I don't like to wear my shirts tucked in. That's just really the only thing. Like I, I feel restricted. It's like I can't move and all that. So I have to wear a long sleeve button down shirt, slacks, nice belt, nice shoes. <laughs> And I'm going with my white English grandmother. So (laughs) we walk up in that thing, right? Um, We're in the lobby. And she asked me to get her a program. So I'm getting programs for us. Then all of a sudden, these people walk over to me like I'm an usher. Like who are also there to see the line of the witch in the wardrobe. They're like, excuse me, sir. Are, do you work here? Are you handing out pamphlets? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't know what to say. And then my English, then my step, my, my step grandma, she came over and she was like, excuse me, but he is actually my grandson. <laughs> and then proceeded to start telling them off. And then um, I went inside, watched the play. But the whole time I'm watching the play, I'm like, damn, do I really look that old? Do I really look like I'm 30? They really thought I worked at this? Do I not look like a kid? That blew my mind. That blew my mind. That blew my mind. So when I look back on memories like that and I replay them in my head, I'm like, damn, that's racist. And that's just really... Ironic at the same time. <laughs> that was Pal drinking his water. I guess he couldn't believe what he just heard. But that's that's crazy that we're able to replay these memories that we have, that we had already played out, but they're still alive in our heads. And we're able to go back 
reassess the situation, reassess what happened. The more that we have more wisdom, the more that we are enlightened about that situation. So we are able to connect the pieces and really understand why what happened happened. And that's powerful. That's a magnificent tool to have. When we watch television, all of that is a play. There's a script that's written. There's dialogue that's written. There's a story being told. And we watch it play out. Whether it's through our favorite show, the news. It's really interesting. Because it's all such a creative process. A lot of work goes into the actual play. That's why some plays are sloppy. Because you can see that the play was not executed to its fullest potential because not a lot of work was put into it. But when a play is strong, even if it sucks, you have to commend it on how well something was. Something stood out. Something something held your attention long enough for you to say that it sucked. Because in order for something to suck, you're going to wish that there was something more of what it was lacking. We always want more of what is lacking. So then we say, oh, that would have been a better player, a better movie if they would have put more of this or if they would have took less of that out. And that's how we are as human beings. And we love these movies. We love these television shows because it's imitating life. And art imitates life. So we can conclude that a play is an action of expression. The expression of whatever thought or creative idea that we want to bring down to life. Because what's going on in our minds is real. It's whether we want to act on it or not. You heard how I said, if we want to act on it or not, think how, how often we act off our thoughts or we act off our emotions. Like, think about when we get hungry. I always say this. I always like to use this analogy because the only thing on the mind is to eat. And if you're on a fast, then that's why fasting is good because it, you, te- you teach yourself that life It's more than just eating. You can sacrifice a little bit. You can sacrifice some. You can drink water. You can eat less of this and eat more of what is good for you. But we act off how we feel. We act off our thoughts. We act off our emotions. But the more we master our thoughts, the more we master our emotions, the more we will be in control of this life that we're living. Do you want to be influenced by others' thoughts or do you want to be influenced by your thoughts? 
Do you want to be influenced by yourself or do you want to be influenced by others? Do you want to be influenced by how others make you feel or do you want to be influenced by how you, you make yourself feel? Because even yourself wants something from you. You have to provide for yourself. This body has to function some way, somehow. And it's through the mind that we do that. And our soul makes us aware, it makes us conscious. So it takes all three. And all three are combined magnificently into one being. That is you, that is me, that is everything that we see. That is why if we don't like what we see, we have the ability to change what we see. We can change our environment. We don't have to be a prisoner of our environment. We can relocate. We have free will. We can do whatever we want. Don't put yourself in a box. Don't put yourself in a mental prison. Don't trap yourself. Don't attract those thoughts that you will always be lesser than or you deserve every negative thing that comes your way. Don't let those thoughts play out. You're better than that. You're stronger than that. It all starts in the mind. We have a thought, then we feel a type of way about that thought. And then if that thought's attractive enough, if that thought is worthy enough, we're going to bring it down. We're going to play it out. We're going to express that thought some way, somehow. So be mindful of what you're playing in your head. Because what's playing in your head is how you will choose to act accordingly. That's why books are so great. Because it's a great way to inspire thoughts. And it sits, it really sits with you, what you read. Because when we do read something, we often reread it over and over and over again. At least for me, at least, I'll take, I'll read a page five times before I turn the page. <laughs> I'll be on page six for 10 minutes. being like, damn. Just trying to break it down right then and there. <laughs> it's interesting this life is interesting and it's beautiful to choose how we want to play it there's several different courses there's several different routes that we can take and that we can create there's so much that we can cultivate here on this earth because this earth is playing with us it's alive it is alive this universe is alive we live baby <laughs> we live so let's live this life to the fullest. If you have a vision, which you do because you're listening to this podcast, play that shit out. Make others see your vision. If you want others to have faith in you, you got to show them your body of work. You got to show them what you can do. Because people can talk all day. Show them. Life is a play. That's all the time we have here for this podcast. This podcast was dope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming through. 
Wow, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. I love what we're building together, guys. This is beautiful. I just really thank you guys for pulling up, listening, discussing, liking, sharing, hating, loving the What Is Life podcast because it would not exist without you. Now, if you haven't copped the book A Love So Blind yet, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Maybe you don't want to know what love is. Maybe you want to be blind to love. <laughs> Maybe you want to be blind to love. So if you're blind to love, then how will you even know when love is at your doorstep? If you want love, how will you know if it's there? Well, you'll know if it's there if you got the book of love so blind. You will find out what you're choosing to be blind to when it comes to love. And you'll see what you're being blinded by when it comes to love. So stop playing. Go ahead and make that purchase. It'll change your life. As always, this has been your boy, your host, Sensei Speece. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Thank you for coming through, listening to episode 38 of the What Is Life podcast. I love y'all and stay tuned for episode 39. You're a special soul, a beautiful soul, and a beautiful light. We out.